What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Amy Ramsey on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Amy, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Okay. Um, I guess I'll just kind of start from the beginning. And um, Mike and I have been together for almost 17 years. Um, We actually met in high school. (laughs) And so we've kind of grown up together and Um, so our story is a little different, but, um, in January or February of 2014, we found out we were expecting our first child and it was a relatively normal pregnancy. Everything was pretty normal. And we, um, the only thing that wasn't normal was that we ended up with an emergency C-section because the cord was wrapped around his neck and his heart rate kept dropping, but uh, so we had our first son, Nicholas, in October of 2014, and we're like, okay, so, you know, living life, doing whatever, we had kind of discussed if we would like to have a second child, and we kind of threw the idea out there after his first birthday, and we were kind of just like, well, it happens, it happens, if it doesn't, it doesn't, like, no pressure, so, well, then we decided to buy a house, so it kind of <laughs> got put on the back burner, but um, in March of 2017, we found out we were expecting again, and we were so excited, and um, but this time, I just felt really different, because with my son, um, I was super sick with morning sickness, like all day sickness. And this time, like if I hadn't taken a pregnancy test, I couldn't tell you that I was pregnant. I just didn't feel pregnant. Um, so I was out with my mom one Sunday afternoon and I had made the comment. I was like, I really just hope everything's okay. Cause I just, feel really different and of course she was like Amy stop it (laughs) um so well that evening I started spotting and I was like okay this this is really weird because I've never had that with our son and of course I'm like freaking out and so I called my mom because she has actually been through miscarriage as well and um you know she was like call your doctor and you know, somebody should call you back and yada, yada. So I was like, okay. So I called the doctor and I'm waiting for the doctor to call me back. Well, luckily my doctor was the one that was on call. Um, and of course, you know, he's like asking me a bunch of questions. Like, have you had intercourse? Like, and I was like, no. And he was like, okay. And, um, at the time I was seven weeks and two days. Um, so he said, okay. 
So um, he said, I want you to call my office first thing in the morning and come in for an ultrasound and then see me after. He's like, at this point, we should be able to see a heartbeat and whatnot. So I was like, okay. Then he said, if it gets anywhere, so you're having like a lot of pain, then come on into the hospital. I'll be here all night. Well, it stayed the same. It never got any worse, but it didn't stop either. So I called my doctor's office the next morning and they got me in and so we went in and just waiting to go on ultrasound and Mike is just he's such an optimistic person and I am not <laughs> so I'm just like ready for the worst and he's like everything's gonna be fine and um so we went in for the ultrasound and the girl was really nice and but she wasn't saying much so I finally was like is everything okay she was like well you said you're seven weeks and two days and this is showing five and a half weeks and there's no heartbeat and there's no fetal pole and I was like okay I'm like so she's like well maybe you ovulate it late okay I was pretty sure on everything because I log everything <laughs> and um so then, you know, we went and seen the doctor and he did an exam and he was like, well, your cervix is still closed and this is kind of, you know, like a wait and see thing. And that's when he also informed us that there were two stacks. And of course, Mike's jaw like hit the floor and um, I'm like, okay. And so I'm still like, I'm irritated at this point because I expected to go in there and I expected to have an answer of yes everything's fine or no it's not like but there just wasn't a clear answer so I was super irritated and just frustrated and so the doctor I was like well the other thing we can do is you can do a blood draw today and then come back in 48 hours and do another blood draw I said okay well let's do that so I did the blood draw, you know, you're sitting at home and you're like in this limbo of like, what the hell? <laughs> and I'm just so frustrated. And plus, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I'm sitting here trying to take care of this two-year-old as I am going through all these emotions and physical stuff. And I was just so over the whole situation. So, um, you know, I go in for the second blood draw and the nurse, his nurse called me the following morning and told me my numbers weren't rising and they would not be a viable pregnancy. And I'm like, okay. Um, and I just lose it. I was just devastated. It's just, it's like, I knew that's what was going to happen. I felt like, but it's still like hearing it, like that reality of it, I guess. <laughs> um, so. Uh, the doctor wanted me to see if I would just naturally miscarry on my own or if we needed to do medical intervention. I'd actually had another ultrasound scheduled in like a week and a half. So we kept that appointment to see like if I could miscarry on my own, see if everything passes. And if not, then we would discuss the next steps. Um, so for the rest of that week, my bleeding stayed the same. It wasn't getting worse. But it wasn't going away. I'm like, okay. Well, then that was 
we had Easter weekend and everything was still the same. Well, about Tuesday or Wednesday that following week, my bleeding started to pick up and the cramping started and I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and of course, like I asked what to expect the nurse was like, it's going to be like a really bad period. And I'm like, okay, I've had really bad periods. Like I can handle that. So, um, by Wednesday, I'm, I'm miserable. And I'm like, this is way worse than a bad period. <laughs> I was like, this, that pain was worse than labor with my son. And of course, just trying to continue to take care of this little guy and go through all of this. It's just, no one tells you how physically and emotionally draining it is. And um, so by Friday, I was just in unbearable pain. Like I could not even get off the couch. Like it was insane. And Mike was like, that's it. Like we're going to the ER. I, you know, you're not going to make it till Monday because my appointment was that Monday. He was like, let's just go to get pain under control and whatnot. So it was like a Friday night. And the last thing I want to go is to the ER because I guess let me back up a little bit because after I got the news that the pregnancy wasn't viable, um, you know, you start searching for other people that have been through what you're going through and um you know I'm in a couple of mom groups on Facebook so I started there and there were I got quite a few comments back of you know like went to the ER and it was horrible the doctor treated me awful and whatnot so I really just did not want to go so that like maybe <laughs> so we go to the ER which turns into because they're busy a 10 hour trip and I'm like I just want to be home in my bed I don't want to be here so anyway so they go and I have another ultrasound and the ultrasound tech was really amazing and she was like I'm so sorry and she was like but these sacs are just not budging they are still really in your uterus and I was like of course they are of course my body continues to fail me <laughs> so I'm more frustrated at this point. So I finally get back to her room and um, the doctor came in and he was, he was so kind and just amazing and very honest. And, you know, he was like, this is really out of my knowledge and out of my field. He was like, I don't know a lot about this. He was like, but, um, we're going to get you some pain control and I'm going to call your doctor's office and we'll figure this out right now. I was like, okay. So about 45 minutes later, he came back in and um, the doctor on call decided to prescribe me. I'm not going to say this right. Um, now I can't think of what it's called. Mis mis it's like misoprestol or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yes. Um, so they prescribe me that and of course I'm like well how painful is this gonna be because I have no pain tolerance at all so he was like well they just had like a really bad period I'm like well that's what they told me about this and <laughs> it's been a nightmare so he was like well just don't worry about it I'm gonna send you home with everything you need pain meds blah 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 so I'm like okay so at this point it's four o'clock in the morning and I just want to go home and go to bed so I was like we'll deal with the medicines in the morning 
So I get up in the morning and go to Kroger and get my medicines and you know, the girl is being so nasty to me and I'm like, and it made me feel like she was judging me over this drug. <laughs> and I'm just like even more irritated and just wanted to like go off on her because it's like, one, you don't know what's going on and two, it's just really none of your business. Um, so I get the medicines and I start that and my bleeding picked up some and the cramping got worse. So I'm like, okay, so um so still bleeding throughout the whole weekend and Monday comes and I went to my appointment and had another ultrasound and I had only passed one of the sacs. So we decided that um I would go in the next day and do a DMC. So um we went in the next day and did the DMC and, um, you know, we talked to our doctor about trying again because, you know, we kind of, we talked about it and he was like, you know, it's, it is really common to have an early loss. Like, he was like, it doesn't mean that you can't have another healthy pregnancy. And um, so, you know, we definitely wanted to try again. We were like, okay, this happens sometimes. Like I was, you know, trying to be okay. <laughs> um, so we had the DMC and I woke up from surgery and I was a blubbering mess. That poor nurse, he was like, we don't usually allow like family members to come back into recovery, but I'm, I'm going to get your person <laughs> because I was just such a mess. And, um, so, um, which I'm a very emotional person. So, <laughs> Um, so I went to my follow-up, like, post-op appointment, and I was talking to my doctor, and I was like, you know, is there a way to, like, speed this up to try to get pregnant again faster, and he had suggested to start temping so we could see, like, how it's ovulating and stuff, so I'm like, okay. So I really felt like I really did not deal with the emotional side from that from that miscarriage like I should have um and I did not realize that until way down the road <laughs> but um because I became obsessed with trying to get pregnant again like that's all I could think about and I'm like buying books and joining trying to conceive groups and you know just like trying anything and everything and you know I definitely um one book that I read was actually a really good read for me and it's um taking charge of your fertility um so just just like literally just like apps everything you know ovulation tests which those things are not cheap <laughs> and you know Mike is like what are you doing <laughs> and I was like just don't worry about it <laughs> but um it's just you know it's like I don't know. It's like you're trying to just move forward and you didn't. I don't think I realized how much I wanted a second child until we lost those babies. Um, so in June of 2017, we found out we were expecting again. I'm like, okay, here we go again. Like, of course, I'm like, I never strike. I'm like, okay. Well, everything starts out fine, doing good, 
and um, sorry. Um, um, where was I? Okay, yes, we found out we were pregnant again, and um, everything was going great. And I went to my eight week ultrasound, and ultrasound tech I had was really great, and she was the same one that had through my losses. So she was like, Oh, I remember you. And we were talking about it. And she was like, Oh my gosh, everything's great. There's, it had a great heartbeat, um, measuring perfectly. Like everything was wonderful. I'm like, okay, great. Like, you know, with our first son, um, that's, that's how it was. So I was like, okay, well, everything's fine. Like nothing, nothing bad's going to happen because we saw the heartbeat and everything's fine. Um, so I had left to go visit my sister-in-law and mother-in-law and we were going to, um, because they live six hours away and we were going to a Lady Gaga concert. Um, so I was up there and, um, it was about three days into my trip, I believe. I started spotting and I was 10 weeks. I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again. So I'm just like a wreck over it. So I call my doctor's office and, um, you know, he was like, well, you know, he's like, we saw a heart. He's like, this can be, this can happen sometimes. He's like trying to, you know, talk me down. And he was like, because I was coming home the next day. So he was like, now if it doesn't stop or it picks up, call the office and we'll get to you in. I was like, okay. Well, by the next morning it had stopped. So I was like, okay, well, that's really strange. So I went home and, you know, everything was normal. I went to my 12 week appointment. They found the heartbeat on the Doppler. Everything was still great. So we finally felt like we were in this, you know, so what called safety zone which now <laughs> I believe there is no safety zone in pregnancy. Um, so, you know, we felt comfortable enough to like start to share with our family and friends. And um, I didn't post on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and I don't know why I didn't, because I did with our first child. And, um, but I didn't, I just think I just didn't. Um, Feel comfortable yet I guess and I kind of wanted to wait and see like what we were having and whatnot um well at 14 weeks I um started spotting again I'm like oh so I call the doctor again and he goes through the same spiel of you know let's just watch it and see what happens he's like anything before 16 weeks we're not super concerned about especially with like having heard a heartbeat at 12 weeks and everything else so I was like okay so we, um, um, my mother-in-law called, um, the week before my 16 week appointment and wanted to see if she could take our son for the week, the following week. And I was like, of course. Um, and Mike was supposed to be leaving that week for a trip, work trip to Italy. So he wasn't going to be in the country. So I'm like, okay. So having the help was like much appreciated. Um, so that Sunday before my appointment, appointment was Tuesday, October 3rd, but that Sunday before my 16 week appointment, we drove halfway to meet her 
the job Nicholas off and um it just didn't feel good it just I don't know how to explain it just didn't feel good and uh, we got home and I told Mike I was like I'm just gonna eat something and go to bed because I just felt like garbage um so I woke up Monday morning and um I just kept feeling off and like I just like had this feeling of something awful was about to happen I don't know how else to explain it it's like that pit in the bottom of your stomach and I kept trying to just like talk myself off this edge that I'm on <laughs> ledge that I'm on and um so I just keep trying to like put it off so um I go about my day, you know, everything's pretty normal except for this feeling of doom. <laughs> and uh, Mike was supposed to leave that day while his trip ended up getting canceled. So I was like, okay, well, that's cool. It's just the two of us for the week. Awesome. So um, that Tuesday morning, I got up and I just, that feeling of something was wrong was just like a million times worse. And it was also my dad's birthday. And, um, you know, I'm kind of like, it's going to be a good day. Like, everything's fine. Like, um, I, like, spilled stuff all over me. So I didn't even have time to, like, eat my breakfast. I'm just, like, trying to rush out the door to this appointment. And Mike was able to go with me. So we're in the car and we're going. And um, that feeling is just, at this point, like, I felt like I was going to throw up because it was just, like there so bad and um I even said to Mike on the way there I really feel like we're gonna get bad news today and he was like what like you know he's like you're crazy just stop and I'm like okay <laughs> so we get there and I'm still just like a nervous wreck and um we go back for our appointment and we're just chatting about stuff and um, my doctor does a lot of teaching, so he has students on a lot of visits, and, you know, he asks if that's okay, of course, and, yeah, and, um, so he had a student that day, and, um, he went to do the Doppler to find the heartbeat, and he can't find it, and, of course, I'm, like, this, this was the bad that was gonna happen, <laughs> and, um, I'm looking at Mike, like, like, I, I told you, like, <laughs> And um, my doctor is like, she, he was like, I'm going to look for it too, you know, like, just try to stay calm. Um, so he took over. And I mean, he looked for like 10 minutes and could not find it. And, you know, this never happened with our son. And um, so um, I knew that it was bad. And um, at one point he thought he found it, but it was actually my heart rate because I was such a nervous wreck that my heart was just beating so fast and so my doctor was like well let me go move some things around and get you an ultrasound so we can see what's going on and um you know I asked him I was like is this normal like can this happen and he, he didn't really look me in my face and was like it can and that right there I felt like he knew that it was bad news too, but he just didn't want to tell me yet. 
So we go back out to the waiting room and of course you're surrounded by pregnant happy people that you know are just so ecstatic about their babies and you're just like what the hell is going on and at this point like I'm trying not to cry but at this point like the tears are just coming and I can't control it anymore and at this point Mike is like I still feel like everything's gonna be fine and I'm like I really don't think it is and um so we um um we go back for the ultrasound and um we um she puts the thing on my stomach and all you see is this baby just there and I knew then and she was like yeah it's um but we suspected and the baby has died and I just lose it. I mean, I'm just wailing like this can't be happening again. And how can it be happening so late this time? Like, why? Like, you're just like, why? And so we go back to the doc my doctor's office and talk to him. And of course, like I look over at Mike and tears are just, you know, streaming down his face and it's like, I'm so sorry. Like you feel like, what did I do wrong? Like what did I do to cause this? Even though it wasn't my fault, but you still feel that way. And it sucks. <laughs> and um so we go back to the doctor's office and you know, he was, you know, like, um, so it's like your fault and and then he went into, he's like, I'm going to run some tests because, you know, you know, they say a second trimester miscarriage is so rare. And um, um, he said, so we're going to go ahead after, he said, I don't think you um, can pass this baby on your own. He said, your choices are to go in and deliver or do a DME. And I chose to do a DME. Um, I did not went to know sex I did not want to see the baby like I just wanted to be able to go to sleep and wake up and it be over like I just was just such a mess and um so we're going over everything and um it was like well what did you have for breakfast because he, he said we can do this when you're ready whenever you're ready and I was like well um you know, I didn't even really, like, talk to Mike, but I was like, well, I need this done as soon as possible because I cannot continue to walk around knowing my child is dead inside of me, and um, he said, well, what did you have for breakfast? And I was like, well, actually, I didn't. I forgot my breakfast that he's on the counter, and he said, well, we can do it tonight then, and I was like, okay, so he was like, um, you know, you guys can just walk out and leave. You don't need to do anything else. Um, um, he um, he said, my schedule will call you probably in the next half an hour to an hour. So I'm like, okay. So Mike and I, we're just a mess. And we're just like, you know, you're trying to make sense out of something that just doesn't make sense. And there's just no answers. And And we're having to make phone calls and tell our parents and you know like our son is six hours away and it's going to be coming home soon and you know I'm asking you know my mother-in-law to keep him longer because I just 
I just could not be what he needed me to be in that, in that time. Um, and of course she did. And I knew that he was, you know, safe and having fun. And, um, and Mike was able to call his boss and get the rest of the week off from work. So that was, that was good. Um, but I'm just like, it's just a mess. And it's like, it's like I was like stuck in this one spot and everybody else around me, their wives were continuing to go on. And I just want to like scream at people. Our baby died. Like, don't be happy today. Um, I mean, it's just, and I think from not dealing with the first miscarriage, like I should have, um, it just all came tumbling down on me so fast and hard. And I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> I don't think anyone is, but, um, so I'm just waiting for his scheduler to call me and, you know, just, I am, I am on Facebook searching in my mom groups, searching anywhere that has been through, just trying to find someone that has been through a second trimester loss. I'm like, wanting to know what to expect. I'm wanting to know, like, just anything and everything. I wanted to know I wasn't alone because I just felt completely alone. Even though I wasn't, like, physically alone, I just felt completely alone in what I was going through. Um, because nobody ever talks about it, you know, like, it's just, it's like this taboo thing, <laughs> and, um, like, even my mom never talks about it, and it's just, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, so, um, she calls, and they were having me come in at four o'clock for the procedure, so I was like, okay, I go home, and I'm like, take a hot shower and just like trying to like I've been crying so much and so hard my head was just like pounding and you know I'm just trying to find people that have been through what I was going through and and I did I actually um found a couple of great women through this journey um and that has been really great to be able to talk to people about what you're feeling and not necessarily um like completely understand but get it <laughs> um so um I went in we were on our way in and um we were actually getting ready to go on the expressway and this truck had run a red light and almost plowed into the side of my car and I remember thinking that day I wish that truck had just hit me and killed me because I was just that low in where I was in my grief and just a mess. Um, so went into the hospital and um, the nurses were so kind and just amazing. Um, but then the charge nurse comes over and she's like, you know, I'm, I know this is really hard and um, everything. She was like, but we need to discuss some things. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, it was like, what would you like to do with your child's remains? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I didn't 
I was not prepared for that. And neither was Mike, you know, with our DMC, there's nothing like that um, because it was so early. Um, so I'm like, like, what? <laughs> um, so where we live here in Louisville, Kentucky, um, there is a cemetery for, um, or a place in a cemetery for um, babies that, you know, were stillborn or miscarried. Um, and one of the local funeral homes here, which is very kind, uh, will come and get the baby and prepare the baby and bury the baby for free. Um, the woman that actually owned it um, had been through a couple of stillbirths, so that was something that she had done and they continued to do even after her passing. Um, so that was really nice. Um, but, you know, we're having to make these decisions and decisions you shouldn't have to make. And that's what sucks. Like, you shouldn't have to plan something for your child. <laughs> it's supposed to be the other way around. And um, um, so she's like, well, you all will have to call the funeral home and let them know what's going on. She was like, I legally can't do it or I would. Um, and I'm like a blubbering mess. So of course, like Mike is um, doing everything. Like he's such a fixer and such a doer and that's him and, you know, and his way of helping and whatnot. And um, so he took care of all of that. And um, so, you know, I'm waiting to go back from surgery. And at this point, like, it's been a couple of hours and my doctor's running late and the nurse came back and she was like he might cancel on you because he just got pulled into two emergency c-sections and you know I don't know that he'll come this late and I'm like great um so but he did it was like nine o'clock at night but he did come he was like I'm just not gonna leave you again <laughs> um so they're preparing me to go back and, um, you know, the reality is, is sitting at, sitting in of, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to be pregnant anymore. And, um, that was tough. Um, they, the person came to get me to take me back and, um, they weren't completely ready. So he sat me in the hallway and, I remember just thinking like, okay, this is it. Like, this is it. Like, you're going to wake up and your baby's going to be really gone. And um, that was tough. That was just so tough. And so I went in and um, um, I had the kindest OR nurse because I'm laying there. The tears are just streaming and she grabbed my hand and she was like, we're going to, we're going to get you through this right now today, this moment, um, she was, she was so kind, um, so I wake up, and more decisions had to be made because of the way, um, the baby was, the way it happened, like, actually, this is kind of graphic, um, came out in pieces instead of one, so, um, if we wanted to like do testing and stuff on the baby, there wasn't going to be enough leftover to do the burial thing. And I'm like, so Mike and I were trying to decide. And I was like, well, we need to do the testing. And, but it makes you feel like you're like throwing your child away. 
And um, so um, I wake up and I am just in so much pain and mentally, physically. Um, and they don't tell you that how painful a DNA is. They don't tell you how much you're gonna bleed. Like it was like, like I went to the bathroom and I felt like it was like a murder scene. <laughs> but um, cause I mean, I mean, I didn't even bleed that much after having my son. Like, I mean, it was so much blood. <sighs> and we went home that night and couldn't sleep. And it was just, you know, just trying to make sense out of everything. And, you know, everyone's calling you and checking on you and trying to say nice things. And it doesn't always like, come out that way like I had a family member say don't let this consume you and I'm like how can it not consume me right now it just happened like like all this is doing is consuming me um so two weeks later I went in for my post-op appointment and um you know, we really discussed things and um, doctor decided he wanted to do blood work to see if I had a blood clotting disorder or anything else because, you know, second trimester loss is so rare. Um, so, um, said, okay. And he had asked if we wanted to try again. And at that point, I never wanted to be pregnant ever again. And um, I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> And he was like, that's totally understandable. And he, you know, um, went through, like, the stages of grief and stuff with me. And the best thing he said to me, and, and something that I, I tell a lot of women that have gone through loss, is there is no time limit on your grief. And you can bounce back and forth between the stages of grief, and that's okay. It takes how long ever it takes. Like... And that was so important for me to hear because I think we feel like, especially in society and stuff, that we should just process things and get over it. You know, like mental health, you should just get over it. Um, and this was something, you know, if one, you know, early miscarriage, late miscarriage, even your child dies after birth, like it's just not something you ever get over. And you know, I tell people all the time, like, this is a journey that we will forever be on, and it just is, and some days are really hard, and some days are good, and, you know, I remember um, in the first, like, weeks, you know, like, laughing and feeling guilty for laughing, I mean, you just go through all these emotions, and, um, and, um, and I definitely have this guilt of, having a child already and then having the miscarriages because it's like, well, I already have a child. Maybe I shouldn't feel like I shouldn't be sad about this because I have a child. It's just, it's really hard um, to go through that. Uh, especially when like I have friends and stuff, you know, that have been through multiple miscarriages and don't have any living children. And, um, so it's just, I just carry this guilt with me and, you know, people tell me I shouldn't, but I do. <laughs> and I probably always will. And, um, 
So that happened in October of 2017 and I never wanted to be pregnant again. So fast forward to 2018 and, um, you know, I really, it was around March of 2018 and I really felt like I was starting to kind of get back to myself. I was starting to like be like happy again, I guess. Like, you know, like those first holidays were so tough. Like, um, I have a really dear friend that lost her son in January and, um, you know, we met for coffee one night and we're just talking about everything and just like, you know, two hours later and, you know, you're just like, whoa. <laughs> um, we were talking about the holidays and I remember like the first holidays were so hard. Like I didn't even put a Christmas tree up that year. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't even like my son's third birthday. I couldn't even throw a party and my, you know, I got heck for it, but I didn't care. I was like, I just, I just couldn't do it. I'm like, if you all want to throw a party for him, go ahead. But I just, emotionally, I just could not do it. Um, so I always tell people, like, it's okay if you can't, if you can't do that stuff. Like, it's not, it's okay. <laughs> um, sorry, I feel like I'm bouncing all over the place. <laughs> um, so in March of 2018, um, I was actually planning my, sister's bridal shower and um and our son was getting ready to have his samples taken out so things were really crazy that month and um Mike and I were out one day and I get this phone call and I'm like who the heck is that well it was the breast pump company calling me to see if they could send me my breast pump if we'd had our child and that just like sent me reeling and this poor guy on the phone like I'm like our baby died and he didn't know what to say like I really like felt bad for him um but he was like I'm so sorry I'll take care of this and but it sent me reeling it sent me like like why didn't I think about canceling that months ago like I just didn't you know it's like stuff you don't think about um so yeah, that was fun. And Mike and I had gone to dinner that night and we were like talking about like the phone call and stuff and how like, like that really just like sent us both kind of reeling and, um, and then, you know, and I told, I think I said to Mike that night, I said, I just don't think I really want to have another child. I think I want to get my tubes tied. And of course Mike was like, are you sure that's what you want to do? That's like a really big decision I was like yeah I was like I think after my next year I'm at least going to make an appointment to talk to my doctor about it with all my blood work and stuff I come back normal and I'm like I can't go through this again um you know you're like you want your blood work to come back abnormal so you have an answer and a reason of why this is happening so for it to just come back to normal and then of course like the testing on the baby was inconclusive and I'm just like <laughs> you know it's just like a smack in the face every time um so things have been crazy that month as I was trying to get ready for everything and do everything and um and then I realized in April that my period had not come so I'm like that's odd 
So I tell Mike, I'm like, I should probably get a pregnancy test. And um, yeah, I found out I was pregnant again. And I remember sitting on the bathroom floor and just sobbing. And it wasn't like happy tears. It was, here we go again. And I can't do this again. Like, it was just like, I can't do this again. Um, so I called my doctor and he had said if I did decide to have another baby that he would want to see me at six weeks this time, see me earlier. Just to kind of like talk and everything. So I made my appointment and I'm just like, I think I felt really numb. I felt really just like whatever at that point because I just like did not want to be pregnant and I did not want to go through another loss. So um, I went in for my six-week appointment. We discussed things, and I was like, you know, he was like, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, my anxiety is through the roof. Do you, do you have a way to cure that? <laughs> and he was like, well, no. He was like, this, you know, it's probably how you're going to be. And I was like, great, awesome. So um, he said, well, let's go ahead and schedule an ultrasound for next week because we should be able to see a heartbeat whatnot and like okay um so um and he was like and one of the blood tests didn't take for some reason so I'm gonna run this lupus test again and I was like okay um and that's when he said he said you know um been like read doing some research on stuff and you know tries to keep up to date on everything he said um why don't we try taking a baby aspirin every day because it may help and it's not going to hurt. And I was like, okay. So I was like, all right, that's fine. Um, so I started that and um, I went in for my ultrasound and there was a heartbeat. And you know, you think like I would be happy, but I wasn't because, you know, like we had that with the last baby and that baby died at 16 weeks. So I just, um, I just wasn't in a good place. I just, like, you know, I'm like, God, is this some kind of joke? Like, you know, you're trying to be happy, but you're not. And, and that's what sucks about pregnancy after loss. Um, so, um, and he had actually called me the next day to let me know what I actually had is an anticoagulant of lupus, which can cause blood clotting during pregnancy. Um, so we did the baby aspirin and you know went to the 12 week appointment and it was good and I was like okay I could kind of breathe a little bit um but I didn't think I could actually breathe until I got past like the 20 week mark of the anatomy scan and everything was okay um and we got to the anatomy scan and everything was good and we found out we were having another boy and um, of course Nicholas was super excited and um, but that pregnancy was uh, was very hard. It was, I felt like I did not connect with him like I did with our first child. Um, I had anxiety the entire time. I mean, I would just like waiting for the worst and like I mean there'd be times where like he wasn't moving and I'm like like jabbing him <laughs> trying to get him to move 
and poor kid, but um, we had our rainbow baby in December of 2018. And even then I still like felt like I couldn't breathe <laughs> even after having him. And um, those first few months were really rough with postpartum depression and just really like dealing with everything. And um, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just hard. <laughs> and, um, you know, and now, you know, our oldest is five and, you know, he asks questions and we have this, um, you know, we did the wave of light and we have this angel bear that a very dear friend of our family made for us with an ultrasound picture of the baby that died at 16 weeks. And, um, you know, he asks about it a lot and it's like, you know, I never know if I'm giving the correct answers or how to answer him or it's, I don't know. It's just really strange, I guess. How <laughs> to explain it. Um, but even, you know, two years and some months later, it's still painful. It's still, um, still hurts and um and I still have triggers like you know I had I had someone ask me the other day do you ever do you ever get to a point when pregnancy announcements don't bother you and I said no I haven't like and you know we've had our rainbow baby and I still pregnancy announcements still trigger me and it's like I'm jealous that women don't have the fear and stuff that we've been through and that that's hard um and I did decide after we had our son Bentley um that I got my tube tied because I just emotionally could not go through another pregnancy and um so that was kind of tough as well um but yeah um um Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so I definitely feel like I probably didn't deal with that weight loss as well <laughs> as I should have. And um, I started to kind of deal with it this past October. Um, you know, I am... Um, met a dear friend through this also and you actually had her on your podcast already Lindsay Fairfield um we have become really dear friends and through this false journey and um she's so sweet <laughs> and um um she told me about the yoga class for miscarriage and baby loss and um we I didn't know how much I needed that until I was in it <laughs> and it has become a very therapeutic thing and um yeah just finding you know finding women that have been through what we've been through and like having that tribe of people because I've really discovered that people just really don't understand if they haven't been through it and they try to be helpful but they aren't always very helpful <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I get it, they're trying, and some things they say just, <laughs> they mean well, but it doesn't come off that way. <laughs> um, so, you know, and that, that was one thing we discussed, was like, things you should never say to people, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, because it's, 
really hurtful. Like, you know, I had so many people be like, be grateful for your living child. And it's like, it makes you feel like, okay, am I doing something for you to think I'm not? Like, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's really tough. Like people, they just don't, they just don't understand. And you know, and a lot of times I tell people that haven't been through, like, I'm glad that you don't understand because I would not wish this on my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's, that's our story. And it, it sucked. <laughs> I I always ask if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? But I feel like you gave us a lot of advice. Do you have anything extra? <laughs> um, let me think. Um, probably just really like, I think for me, um, I hid my feelings for mm-hmm. a long time. And if you're comfortable with it, and it's okay if you don't want to talk about it, like I completely get it. Um, like this past October, like Lindsay had started sharing on Facebook every day stuff. And she really gave me the courage to share my story. Like I am forever grateful for that because, um, that was really hard for me and just her support and her encouragement and her sharing her story just really, um, helped me to share mine and what's really cool is that from me sharing mine I have had other friends share theirs that I didn't even know went through it so if you're comfortable enough to share share mm-hmm. share away um because you will you'll find people you would have never expected gone through what you're going through and um you know it's important to have that support it's important to support other people as they're mm-hmm. going through it. Um, I do, I try to reach, like when I um, hear about other people, I try to reach out and support them in any way I can. Um, but share your story and just be kind. <laughs> um, but other than that, I feel like don't hide your feelings. It's okay to not be okay. And, you know, this is a horrible thing to go through and um it's messy and it sucks and um I feel like that's it I think you know (laughs) yeah I feel like I mean I feel like your episode is loaded with advice so I appreciate that absolutely if somebody wants to reach out to you where could they do so um Instagram or Facebook could be best okay so I'll go ahead and I'll link those in the description of this episode. Thank you so much, Amy, for hopping on and sharing. Oh my gosh. No, thank you for giving me this platform. Like you're, I love listening to your podcast. I listen to it like every day on the way, taking my kids to school and (laughs) whatever. (laughs) And um, I'm just like obsessed, but um, Uh, thank you for having this platform for us to tell our stories and to relate to other people so we don't feel so alone. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I couldn't do it without all the girls who are willing to share. So I appreciate it. And we will, we will chat soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Yep. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.
I'm just leaving.